Let's go to 2 Peter, the third chapter, 2 Peter 3 and verse 16. 2 Peter 3, 16. The Spirit of God through Peter is talking about Paul and what the Lord gave through Paul in his writings and the teachings. He said, in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, to their own destruction. The uh, New Living Bible says, those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different just as they do with other parts of Scripture. And this will result in their destruction. The New Century Version says, People who are ignorant and weak in faith explain these things falsely. They're explaining them, but what they're explaining is a twisting of the Scriptures. They're making it say something it doesn't say. They also falsely explain other Scriptures, and they are destroying themselves By doing this, dear friends, since you already know about this, be careful. Do not let these evil people lead you away by the wrong they do. So he went on to say, grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he talked about being removed from your stability, your steadfastness by listening to people who, because of their ignorance and instability, twist scriptures. And make them say things that they don't say. Now in particular we've been dealing with the area of healing. And questions that people have about healing. Basically questioning God's will to heal all. And there are many in different groups all over the country, all over the world. That teach some idea and some doctrine that basically leaves the understanding that it's not always God's will to heal. And that God even makes people sick for different reasons. And this, I submit to you, is a twisting of these scriptures because God is not the destroyer. He's not the thief. He's not the killer. He's revealed himself as the healer. Hasn't he? That's not some man's idea. How many remember he said, I am the Lord that healeth thee? Didn't he say it? And if you look it up, this is one of those great I am statements. Jehovah Rapha. The great I am. And nobody has a right to say the great I am used to be. Or is no more. Every one of these names that he said, I am, I am the Lord your shepherd, I am the Lord your righteousness, I am the Lord who is present with you, I am the Lord your victory, I am the Lord your righteousness. Well, he is also the Lord, our healer. That's an eternal revelation. He always has been the healer. He is today the healer. He will always be. The healer. Well now if the healer. Is making us sick. We got a problem. (laughs) 
But thank God he is the Lord who does not change. No. No matter what you have heard. It is God's will. For all to be healed today. Now just because something is God's will. Doesn't mean it's going to automatically happen. Because it's not God's will that any would be lost. Either. And yet many are. That doesn't change his will. What it reveals is that he gave us a free will. And we can choose to believe him or not believe him. We can choose to receive him or not receive him. Somebody said, well, I believe God. Yeah, but do you believe he's your healer? Do you believe it's his will for you to be healed? Now. It's just a little weak, isn't it? (laughs) Well, we, we haven't been taught this. As much as we've been taught that it is his will to save everybody. If we'd been taught it's his will to heal everybody. Every time we heard it was his will to save everybody. Our faith would be just as strong. In both areas. But we heard other stuff. We heard about Job's boils. We heard about Paul's thorn. We heard about Timothy's stomach. Huh? We heard about this, we heard about that, and we heard people who were ignorant of the subject and unstable, twisting passages that they didn't understand, and people who weren't firmly rooted in the Word, they heard that and listened to it, and it caused them to become unstable and turn loose of their confidence and turn loose of their faith is why, by and large, the church is weak in the area of healing. That's changed some in the last 20 years. Thank the Lord. The Lord's restoring it. But it's because revelation has come and is being taught and people are hearing it and people are believing it and we're seeing it. Aren't we? I mean, you heard about, wasn't that a wonderful testimony about people healed from cancer? Man, I mean, last stage and now they're totally healed. That's the Lord. What did he love that person more than the rest of his kids? No, he doesn't, he's no respecter of persons. So we have uh, gone through a number of questions. Let me review just a little bit. We asked the question, does God make people sick? And we looked at verse after verse after verse that people use that seem to say or imply that he does. We asked the question, what about Job and what happened to him? We asked the question, what about the chastening of the Lord? And we looked at numerous scriptures. We asked, what about being sick for the glory of God? And we looked at numerous scriptures. We asked the question, what about suffering for the Lord? We asked about, what about Paul's thorn in the flesh? And what about Paul's infirmity in the flesh? Two different things. And so if you're interested in that, this is the first time you're with us tonight. We've already covered a lot of ground. Let me encourage you. Go back in the Word Supply, get the teachings, get online, download them for free. Won't cost you a dime, won't cost you anything. And uh, like we've said around here repeatedly, if there's no charge, what does that mean? No cost. There's no excuse for not knowing it, not getting it. And you, how many would agree either yourself or somebody you know is going to need this? Not maybe, not might. You yourself or somebody you know is going to need some faith for healing, either right now or soon, because we live in a world filled with all kind of curse and junk, and we need the help of the Lord to overcome it 
and make it through and live our full length of days down here below. Finish our, our course, run our race. And he bought it and paid for us. It belongs to us. We ought to have it. We ought to enjoy it. Now we've been on, this is our third time now, uh, to be on this question of why are good people sick? And I say good with uh, quotation marks around the good. (laughs) Why are good people sick? That's a question. People say, well, what about Aunt Minnie? (laughs) She's a good woman. Loved the Lord. Prayed and prayed and never got healed. What about Uncle Bob? What about Brother Tom? What about good man of God? Loved the Lord with all his heart. And was sick half his life and just suffered terribly. You know, and, and I just can't believe that if God wouldn't heal, you know, Pastor Bob, then um, it surely it's not always his will. Well, we've asked this question. We're going to keep going over it again and again. Do we ascertain God's will for our lives by what does or does not happen in somebody else's life? Is that how you find the will of God for yourself? Well, then why are people asking these kind of questions? Why are they emphasizing it like that? Where do we find the will of God? Help me, friends. Where do we find the will of God? In the Word. In the Word. I mean, if you looked at all the people that are not believing on Jesus and not serving Jesus, you might decide, well, it's not God's will for all to be born again. But you'd be wrong. Because it's not His will that any should perish. No, you don't ascertain the will of God by what did or did not happen to somebody else. There's so much you don't know about them and their heart and what they didn't do and what they did do and their history and what brought it to this point. There's just so much you don't know, which is why the Lord commanded us not to judge. Because we're not qualified. And a whole lot of things that look a certain way, they're not that way. Things that you think ought to be this way and should have happened or shouldn't have happened. And you think, well, I just don't understand that. That just doesn't seem right. Well, that's just because there's something wrong with your seamer. (laughs) Nothing wrong with God. Or His Word. He's righteous. His Word is true. His will is unchanging. Are you with me, friends? So why are good people, so-called good people, sick? Let's look at Luke 13 again. Let's review this a little more. Luke 13, verse 1 says, There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. It's an awful thing. They were slaughtering their animals for sacrifice and something happened. Pilate was upset with them. He sent his soldiers and the soldiers slaughtered them with the animals. Jesus said, suppose you that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things. So here's the question. Why did that happen to them instead of other people? Happened to be there that day instead of somebody else being there that day. Why did that happen to them? And people, have you ever heard this kind of question before? 
Why did that happen? You have heard it all your life. You hear it in the church. You hear it on the news. You hear it in politics. Why isn't that a mystery? Why did that happen to them? And then people get philosophical. And they get religious. Well, (laughs) you just never know. You just ne- that is not a scripture. <laughs> it's quite irritating that half the church keeps quoting it. Like it's Bible. It's not a scripture. You just never know. If you'd read the Bible, you'd know. If you'd pray, you'd know. If you seek God, you'd know. That's not just my idea. The Bible said, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Ephesians, that's what he said. So he he went on to say, verse 3, he said, do you think that they were worse sinners than all the Galileans because that happened to them? I tell you, no. What's the answer? No, it didn't happen to them because they were worse than anybody else in the town. Are those 18 upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them? So apparently there was 18 people by this tower. And all at once the tower just let loose and fell. And fell on them and killed all of them. Now you know, uh, used to be people weren't aware of much outside their immediate surroundings. But now we've got global news. And so you you can hear and see something bad has happened somewhere every day and every night and multiple things. And since good news doesn't sell, about all it's covered is the bad, the sensational, the bad. And so you'll see, you know, this bunch was destroyed and there was somebody right over here beside them and they made it out. Uh, the plane crashed and these guys died and uh, all these di- people died right beside them and they were sitting right there and they didn't die and people go isn't that amazing isn't that strange why did that happen to them why did that happen to them <laughs> you feel how quiet it got people are, yeah why did that no <laughs> that's the wrong question If you'd have been here the last two weeks, you'd already know that's the wrong question. Quit asking that question. We're going to get to the right one just in a moment here. Those 18 that the tower fell on, do you think they were worse sinners? They're sinners above all the men that dwelt in Jerusalem. And Jesus said, I tell you, no, not so. But except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Now, what's he saying? He's saying, no, it's not because they were worse than you. But you ought to watch because the same thing could happen to you at any moment. Now, people don't like to hear that. They're like, huh, why? What did I ever do to deserve a tower falling on me? The answer is plenty. (laughs) Plenty. See, people by and large have this mentality of entitlement that all of us should have, we deserve to live a safe, healthy, 
happy, prosperous life. Why? Why do you deserve a happy life? Why do I deserve a safe, healthy, happy, prosperous life? Why? Why does anybody on the planet deserve a happy life? (laughs) You don't. Nobody does. Because they were born and they live on the earth. That's why when you ask, why did that happen to them? That's the wrong question. The question is, why hadn't it already happened to you? That's the right question. Can you give me the answer? The answer is mercy. The mercy of God. Do we need major mind renewal in these areas? Yes, we do. We do. People say, what did I ever do to deserve that? What did they ever do to deserve it? It's real simple. The wages of sin is death. True or not? Sin deserves death. Destruction. And death. Have you sinned? Hmm? The only way you could say, I don't deserve any destruction, is to say, I've never sinned. If you've sinned, you deserve death. If somebody said, what did I ever do to deserve this? If you and I got the wages of our sin, we would be oppressed and tormented and die prematurely and go to hell. That's what we deserved. You see how big this is going over? Woo! Is it true or not? Is it true or not? You don't want to talk about what you deserved. And just because you were born on the planet does not mean you have a right to be happy and to be blessed and to be protected and to be healed and to be prosperous, to find love, have a good family. Have a good life. None of that is owed to you or me. You don't deserve any of that, nor do I. But, (laughs) you were waiting on that, weren't you? (laughs) But, someone who had never committed any sin, who did not deserve any punishment, or any destruction, or any death, took your place, and took my place, and paid the price, took the death, took the oppression, took the sickness, took the disease, took the poverty. Come on, are you glad about it? He took it. Thereby giving us rights and privileges that are only in Christ. They're only in Him based on what He did, 
not at all on what we deserve or we earn. Some faith people, some charismatic people, you know, they, they get a little annoyed when they start hearing some of these things I just said. And they go, well, hold on, hold on. I'm the righteousness of God. You left out two words. <laughs> two very, very big words. <laughs> I'm the righteousness of God. In Christ. Only in Christ. In you, you're nothing. That's the truth. That's reality. Everything we have was given to us. Bought and paid for by the master. Is it true? And so the fact that you and I have made it on planet earth this long. When there are demons and disease and catastrophes and accidents and crazy people. Is testament That we have a very, very gracious, merciful God. Right? How many can raise a hand and say, you should have been gone many times over? Oh, man. I know know everybody in here has got stories. Got stories. But as a teenager, I got a new motorcycle. And I had to put some new pipes on that dude. And then I had to try them out. It happened to be raining, but that didn't phase me. <laughs> Got new pipes. Got to try these babies out. And I mean, I let the hammer down. And I was enjoying myself. And I came through a curve. And there was some oil and gas. You know how it can get on the, just when it first started raining? And I mean faster than you could blink your eyes. Boom! Bike goes down on the side. And I mean fast as you can blink your eyes, I'm sliding on my hands and knees on the pavement. At a high rate of speed. And the only thing that kept going through my mind is, my hands, my hands, <laughs> they'll never be the same again. <laughs> my hands and my knees, because you know what pavement does to your hands and knees. And uh, I finally got stopped. And I'm thinking, I'm alive, I'm alive. <laughs> and about this time, I was in, there's a little, little hill. About this time, here come a great big Buick. Right over the road. And I mean he's moving. This is a highway. And I'm sprawled out in the middle of the road. And it's raining. And I mean this is back when a Buick was a Buick brother. I'm talking about. Steel. You know what I'm talking about. Bumpers. Oh, great, big wild. And I saw him throw the brakes on and I threw, and I thought, there ain't no way they're stopping. Because he's just right on top of me. And he had nowhere to go. And they stopped. And I know an angel had to grab the bumper of that day. Had to. Ain't no way they could have stopped. Thank you, Lord. 
Now was that because I was living so clean? <laughs> and living so right? Huh? I tell you nay. <laughs> but the Lord knew me before I was born. He knew I'd get a clue later on. He knew I loved him in spite of my ignorance and that I would serve him. And out of his mercy, somebody say mercy, mercy, mercy. And that's just one of many stories. <laughs> you got many stories. I know you do. Somebody tell me why you're still here. Why are you here? Why are you here nodding your head tonight saying, yeah, glory to God? Why? 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 Instead of gone, dead, long ago, long ago. It's not because you're better. There were uh, friends of mine, relatives of mine. You know, <laughs> we didn't just watch Dukes of Hazard. We were Dukes of Hazard. But it didn't always turn out like you see on the show. <laughs> My cousins came over a ridge doing, you know, a car, Super B. Yeah, bad car. <laughs> Left the road and flew, and they had a road blockade, and they all died that night. Back this, along the same time I'm talking about, that happened to me. Why are they gone? I'm still here. It's not because I'm better than them. Hmm? It's not because I'm more holy than them. Or It's the mercy of God. Are you listening? So when people say, why did that happen to them? Tell me the response. No, why did that happen to them? Wrong question. Get this set in your mind and you think, when you don't try to answer that question. It's the wrong question. It shows conformity to the world's way of thinking. It shows this idea of entitlement that everybody basically is owed a good life. And that's not true. That's just simply not true. What did Jesus say? Do you think this happened to them because they were worse than everybody else? He said, no. This bunch that the tower fell on because they were worse sinners? No. But you will all likewise perish if you don't repent. What does that mean? Same thing could happen to you any day. Unless you repent and get right with God, then you can get you some protection. <laughs> Isn't it good to know the mercy and protection of the Lord? Go to Psalm 103. Psalm 103, please. Ready to shout a little bit? Psalm 103 What does it say, first verse? Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Are there any benefits to being a Christian as opposed to not being one? To being a believer as opposed to being a sinner and an unbeliever. Are there any benefits? Come on. Any benefits to believing God and walking with God? Here are some of the top benefits. There are many. 
Not just two or three. There are many. Here's some of the top ones right here. Benefit number one. Who forgives all your iniquities. That's a benefit. Number two. He heals. A few people. Some people, sometime, you just never know. Uh-uh, uh-uh. All, all, all your diseases. Wonder if all referring to diseases means the same thing as all referring to iniquities. What do you think? You suppose it does? Forgives all your iniquities. Heals all your diseases. How about this next one? How about this next one? What? Who redeems your life from destruction. That's why you're still here. Sitting up in here tonight after all these years. After all the dumb stuff you pulled. And you're still here. Still here. Most of you still got your limbs. and Most of your parts. The mercy of God. He re- said out loud, He redeems my life, redeems my life from, destruction. from destruction. Say it again. He redeems my life from destruction. Say it again. He redeems my life from destruction. Glory. Glory. Go to Psalm 121. Psalm 121, please. He redeems my life from destruction, from being destroyed. That's one of the benefits, being one of his children, one of his. Psalm 121, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence comes my help. Now, this is not saying your help comes from the hills. No, no, no. He's saying... Shall I lift up my eyes to the hills? Where does my help come from? He answers it in verse 2. My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Well, if he made heaven and earth, he ought to be able to keep you. Verse 3. He will not suffer your foot. I, I, I put right above thy, I put my He will not suffer my foot to be moved. He that keeps me will not slumber. Behold, he keeps Keith. Got to put your name right in there. He that keeps Keith shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is Keith's keeper. The Lord is my shade and upon my right hand. The sun will not smite me by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve Keith. Put your name in there. From all evil he shall preserve my soul. The Lord shall preserve my going out and my coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. He's my preserver, my protector. He redeems my life from destruction. He keeps me. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's never doing something else and is unaware of what I need. He's never preoccupied. He's never too busy to save Keith's hide. 
<laughs> Keith is thankful for that. How about you? Come on, come on. Do you believe it? Can you see with an understanding of this, if something happens to somebody, don't get all philosophical. Why did that happen to them? You already know the basic answer. Sin and death and destruction. The earth's full of it. And except for the grace of God, it could have happened to you a long time ago. Right? And you don't feel superior and get to think, you know, it's because of my good living and right living and clean. No, it's because of the mercy of God. That you, it hasn't happened to you. It's the mercy and protection of God. I think we're getting this. Thank you, Master. Let me go on a little bit further here. We asked questions about, you know, why are so-called good people sick or that didn't get healed or bad things happened to them, uh, died prematurely, accidents, whatever. We already know the answer. We looked at Elisha. We already looked at uh, Epaphroditus. And uh, we see that Epaphroditus exposed himself, hazarded his life. We've already talked about this in previous times. and uh, But God had mercy on him. So even if you do something, you push too far, you violate natural laws. You know, people think because I love the Lord, they can just do anything and be okay. Because I serve God. I'm in the ministry. I can just break all kind of natural laws and, uh, you know, never get any sleep and just eat nothing but grease. And sugar. (laughs) Are y'all with me now? And just, you know, push yourself and break every natural law and just make a good confession once a month and be okay. But no, the Bible said whatever's not of faith is sin. And if your heart's bugging you, don't do that. Don't do that. Stop that. Change this. Change that. Uh, I had a fellow one time in healing school. He came to me, I'd been teaching on some of these things. He said, you know, Brother Keith, he said, uh, I've been drinking, you know, 10, 12 cups of coffee a day, and I like it. He said, but I feel like it's hurting me. What do you think I ought to do? (laughs) Can you help him out with that? What can he do? Well, you know, different people's bodies respond. Some people can drink three pots and it don't seem to phase them. Other people, half a cup bothers them. Uh, you know, uh, God knows you. He knows your body. The Holy Spirit knows you inside and out. When he deals with you to do something, should you do what he deals with you to do? Can you ignore it and make a good confession and override it and fix everything? Or because you love the Lord, can you just violate stuff with impunity and be okay? Well, no. Whatever's not of faith is sin. He said, I feel like it's hurting me. He believes what he's doing is harming himself. Can he recover doing it this way? He can't. Because he can't be in faith. Can you see this? What does he believe? He told me it came right out of his mouth. It's hurting me. I really believe it's hurting me. Well, he's got to make a change, doesn't he? Now, if he's done some damage to something, God will have mercy on him. If he's willing to follow the direction the Lord's put in him. Hmm? 
I know uh, back when I first started uh, teaching at the Bible school, Brother Hagin's ministry, I had a real heavy schedule. I was uh, I speaking sometimes 20, 25 times a week. That's a lot. And I was just as animated then or more so than I am now. Holler, wave my hands. I didn't spare the horses, brother. I mean, I just... <laughs> and I had chronic voice problems. I'd speak two or three times in the morning and go to prayer and holler and pray at the top of my voice for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, and then preach in the afternoon and then go home and then come back and do it again, go home, come back. And I had chronic voice problems for month after month after month. I'd have to believe God to just get through And uh, I remember while I was praying, the Lord deal with me about two things. But I wouldn't say it was him dealing with me. I just thought it was a thought. Who knew where that thought came from? (laughs) See, when you don't want something to be the Lord, you can play games with yourself. But I'd be praying about, Lord, my voice. You know, it's not, I shouldn't be having this kind of trouble with my voice just week after week, month after month after month. Uh, Lord, uh, you know, I'm asking you to touch my voice and heal my voice. Well, he was sustaining me. But it would come up, quit pushing it so hard. Quit pushing it so hard. That I didn't have to scream or holler to pray. I could lay and be quiet. Not even say a word. Pray inside myself. I thought, oh, is that real praying? Finally, the Lord showed me some instances where people prayed, didn't say a word audibly, but he heard their prayer in the scripture. We're spirit beings. Now, there are times you need to speak it out loud into this realm, but at the same time, just waiting on the Lord and getting quiet. And uh, he dealt with me, quit pushing so hard when you don't need to. There are times you need to raise your voice for emphasis, but a lot of times I was just young and excited. (laughs) I didn't need to push that much. And then another thing that kept coming up, uh, put on a t-shirt when you go to bed. I didn't want to do that. I like to sleep with the fan on. The fan kicking and no shirt. Yeah. And that just kept coming up to me, you know, put on a t-shirt, turn the fan off. Oh, I don't want to turn the fan off. Don't want to put the shirt on either. But finally I realized the Lord's trying to help me. Now you understand, can I ignore the leading of the Lord and just make good confessions and be okay? But how many people have tried to do that? The Lord has dealt with them to do something, to stop something, to start something, to change something. He's been dealing with them for months or years, and they don't want to do it. So they just keep making confessions. And everything will be all right. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. He dealt with them to quit putting everything on that credit card. Huh? And to quit doing all that and to tighten their belt and make some changes. But no, they're just going to go on and do it and just believe God. We're just going to believe God. <laughs> Everything's going to be fine. Plenty of money to come in. And see, that sounds good, but it's actually rebellion. 
Because the Lord didn't tell you to just make confessions on that particular situation. He told you to quit putting stuff on a credit card. And no amount of good confessions is going to fix that. There's nothing going to fix that except good old-fashioned obedience. Nothing else will suffice. It can be very simple. Very, very simple. I know a fellow was uh, preaching out in the uh, mission field in the tropical jungle area. And man, he got so weak. He could hardly stand up. Could hardly finish his message. As soon as the service was over, he'd go back and be in the bed. Be in the bed till service the next night. Barely get up. Barely make it through. And he prayed and prayed and prayed. And his thought kept coming to him. Put some salt on your food. Put some salt on your food. He thought, that's silly. I believe in healing. He's believing having miracle meetings. And, and people are getting healed too. Finally, just out of desperation, he put some salt on his food. Immediately felt better. <laughs> he was depleting himself with all that perspiration in, in the jungle there. And, and, and the Lord knew he needed that. A lady came to me, a lady minister one time. And she said, I want you to pray for me for my knee. I've had problems with my knee for all these length of time. And I start to pray. And the Lord just dealt with me. Don't pray. Ask her, does she have a bicycle? I thought, wow, bicycle. So I said, do you have a bicycle? She looked at me like I slapped her, like, huh? <laughs> ask you about no bicycle. <laughs> Would you pray for me? I said, do you have a bicycle? She says, well, no, not really. I said, get you some kind of little bicycle, even if it's a stationary bicycle, and start riding it. I believe it'll help your knee. She looked at me like, I don't want that. I want, I want. But how many understand? This is a word from the Lord. People don't like these kind of things because it means you got to do something. They want people to just wave your hands over them and go abracadabra. Pooh. There you go. Now break every rule in law and don't worry about it. That's not how it works. Why are good people having problems? Because so-called good people won't listen. Won't do what they're told. Won't make any changes. They like their lifestyle. They like what they're doing. Been doing it for now on 40 years and I ain't ready to change. Well, you're going to keep having the problem then. Do you know what I'm talking about or not? Has the Lord ever directed you? I'm not talking about hearing an audible voice or, or having a vision. You just knew I needed to make a change over here. Have you ever known that? Your healing is tied to that. Your healing is tied to it. Now you ignore it at your own peril, at your own expense and cost. I knew during the same time I was pre- preaching and teaching so much I was really pushing myself. And one morning as I was waking up I had an experience. I mean, it, it was a vivid experience. Sometimes it was a dream. It was more than a dream. It wasn't in the natural, but it was more than a dream. I, I was All at once, I was sitting in a, an examination room, like at the doctor. You know how the, the little beds they got, and what they got the paper on it or whatever it is? <laughs> I'm sitting on the side of that. And somebody comes in, I never saw his face, but he had on white. I know it was either the Lord or it was an angel of the Lord. 
and sat down like a doctor sits down on the little stool. I never saw his face. He sat down and said, Keith, your body is deficient in certain, uh, what was it? Help me out, Phyllis. Certain electrolytes and amino acids. Your body is deficient in certain electrolytes and amino acids. And just like that, it was gone. And I woke up and I'm in the bed. I thought, wow, that was amazing. That was so real. It's like you were there, man. I mean, that was amazing. And I thought, and I've had an experience with the Lord. Glory to God. So I got up and got ready. And went and started preaching like I did. And went all day and went all night. And went all day the next day. And went all. <laughs> what are you shaking your head for? <laughs> and about three days, something started happening to me. I was, something was wrong, very wrong in my body. I was having some alarming symptoms. And I quickly remembered <laughs> my experience. And a friend of Ours was in medical school at the time, and I mean, all I knew about electrolytes, I thought maybe it was something that was in a in a car battery, you know. <laughs> I, so I I called, I said, "Hey, tell me about electrolytes and amino acids and how I can get some like right now," and uh, because I was something was wrong, my body was shutting down, and um, he told me, and I got a hold of some things and began to take them, and I mean, it wasn't a day and a half. I was 100% again. I was right. If I'd acted on what the Lord showed me, I'd have never even had a symptom. Is he the great physician? Yes. Well, why didn't he just touch you? Why'd you need the other? Well, he made the body. He made it so we need to eat food. He set that up too. Now, he can do things that supersede the natural laws, but why did he need to? He didn't need to. I just need to do what he told me to do. He didn't need to part the water or stop the sun. or No great miracle required here. Keith just needs to do something he's told to do. <laughs> and you too. Should we pay attention? We haven't been taught to pay attention to the things we get inside. I'm not talking about hearing voices. That was a special experience for me. But that's not normally the way the Lord operates. Uh, just a knowing on the inside. Just a sense, just a check, just something that keeps coming up to you. You ought to do this. You ought to do this. Uh, pay attention to that. Everybody say, pay attention. pay attention. What does that mean? Don't just scratch your head. Do it. Act on it. Do it. Act on it. Act on it. And we'll spare ourselves from many, many problems and difficulties. Go to Psalm 17. Psalm 17. Uh, we've, we're already into this, but let me say it a different way. A while back, we talked about my father in the faith, his experience of a vision that he had when he got hurt and he hurt his arm. Now, here's an example of somebody, I, I, Phyllis and I worked with with Brother Hagen and his wife, Miss Aretha, for years, good people, top-notch, good, faithful people. And yet here he is, he's fallen and hurt his arm. For those of you that weren't with us, he was preaching. 
young man, got excited, decided he'd just jump off the platform over the little altar that was there (laughs) for demonstration effect. And uh, so he jumps and just about time he clears the little altar, he looks, somebody's brand new reel-to-reel tape recorder is on his landing site. And of course, this is money, and no, you know, very, very few people had them back then. So, man, midair, he tries to adjust so he doesn't land on the tape recorder, and he misses it, but he lands on his elbow. And oh man, he said he knew when he did, he's, he's damaged something terribly. He made it through the rest of the message in pain, and then as he got out, he told the pastor, you know, you need to take me to the emergency room. Um, so they did, and, uh, on the way over there, he said the Lord spoke to him. To him, it was just, just as real as a man. He said, uh, your arm is not broken. Uh, I forget what else he told him, but he said, I'll talk to you about it later. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, <laughs> now is this dealing with the issue, why do bad things happen to good people? See, good is a relative term. What do you mean by that? People that never make mistakes? There's none of us in that category. So anyway, he said the Lord uh, told him that. So he just went and they told him your arm's not broken, but you got all this wrong and, and we got to put it. It's all out of place. We got to put it back in place. You couldn't stand the pain. So we're going to have to put you to sleep and do that. And then you're going to have, to have your arm in a, in a sling and a cast. And, and so they did. And, and uh, he came out of it and he's feeling fine and, uh, and he said uh, he heard steps come down the uh, the hall. It was in the middle of the afternoon, and he's sitting up in the hospital bed. He's not sick. He's doing, all, but he's it hadn't been released yet. And and uh, he said he saw uh, uh, somebody dressed in white. He's kind of looking down, come in, and he looked down, and the thing that caught his eye was uh, he thought it was one of the nurses, but they had hairy legs. <laughs> and he thought that's not the nurse. And he looked up, and it was Jesus. He said, just as clear as he ever saw any human man, this is an open vision. These are, you don't see these all the time. Open vision. He said, the Lord walked up just like anybody walk up to your bed, took a chair, pulled it around to the corner and sat down by his bedside and said, I told you the other night in the car that I'd talk to you later about this and I've come to talk to you. Oh. <laughs> Well, he is the head of the church. I guess he can do that if he wants to, right? And he said, uh, he told him that what had happened to him was not his perfect will, but that he had been out of his perfect will for some time now. He had directed him to do something in ministry, and he wasn't doing it. And he'd put one aspect of the ministry ahead of the other aspect. And because of that, the door was open for this to happen. And he went on to say this, and this is what he said the head of the church said. He said, it is my perfect will that men and women enjoy divine healing and divine health. But many like you are living only in my permissive will. And for that reason, difficulties have been permitted to come their way. Others are weak in faith. Their faith is not strong enough to appropriate the healing that belongs to them. And some don't even know what belongs to them. So these are three 
big reasons why believers are having things that they ought not have. Not knowing what belongs to them. Faith weak, not able to receive. And then just not living in his will. Hmm? Not living in his will. Living in the part of the will of God. That leaves the door open for problems. Can you see that? Now, did you find Psalms? Did you turn there? In Psalms, Psalm 17, listen to this, verse 4. Concerning the works of men, by the word of your lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. How has he been kept? By the word of your lips. Keeping his words is key to you being kept. Can you see this, friends? When he tells you to do something, do it. When he tells you to stop something, stop it. When he tells you to change, change. When he tells you to do it now, that don't mean you wait two years. That's how you can get in trouble. Can you see this, friends? Concerning the word of your lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. Revelation 3.10 in the New Testament. Revelation 3.10, he says, Because you have kept the word of my patience, the Lord says, I also will keep you from the hour of temptation that will come upon all the world. Can you hear this principle? You keep seeing it in the Word. And there there are more verses beside this that show it. If you keep His words, He keeps you. Oh, can you see this, friends? Keep His words, He'll keep you. No matter what's going on. The 91st Psalm talks about this. The man, the woman that has made the Lord, their God and their light, and their delight, he keeps them from the arrow that flies by day, from the pestilence, from the destruction, from every disease, from every demon. Kept, 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 kept until at the end of the psalm it says, with long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. Why? Because you made it through all that other stuff. So you, you lived long enough to get old. Because God kept you. (laughs) He kept you. Somebody say, He keeps me. Keep His words. And then secondly, watch your words. Say that out loud. Keep His words. And watch your words. 1 Peter 3, do you still have that? So you'll get more out of it since we did it this way. 1 Peter 3 and 10. He that will love life and see good days. Is this what we've been talking about? You want to be spared accidents? You don't want to die young or middle aged with disease or with this or that? You want to enjoy life. Have a life that's enjoyable. And see good days. And this is a quote from the passage that says, many days. Let him do what? Let him do what? 
refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Say it out loud. Keep his words. And watch your words. I know uh, back in, uh, oh, this has been 30 years ago now. Uh, there was a young man that was going to the Bible school. And uh, he just, young man, strong, but just went into a, a coma. Just, And the doctor said he's not going to make it. So everybody began to pray, pray, pray. I mean, we know this can't be the perfect will of God. We know this can't be. How many understand we can know that's not the perfect will of God? Well, you just never know. We know there's no way it's the perfect will of God for this young man to die. This age and this day, it's just just not. Don't try to explain it. It's just not. And so, Brother Hagin was chief among those praying and and seeking the Lord about it. And and finally, one night, uh, the Lord spoke to him and said, spiritual laws have been set in motion. And it cannot be changed at this time. Wow. Spiritual laws have been set in motion. He just got up and said, well, let's all get up and praise the Lord. He didn't explain it. He didn't think people would understand. He didn't understand all of it himself. Spiritual law. Well, the young man died shortly after that. But later on, hearing his relatives and other people talk, they said, he always said he'd never live past such and such age. Wow. He'd said that all his life. And just not long before that age, boom. Could they start praying and change what he had been saying all these years? No, because no, he's the one who's been saying it. And your words carry more weight in your life than anybody's. I heard recently, very internationally known figure, nature Lover and explorer and adventurer died young and died of strange circumstances. And uh, I heard him say, you know, well, he said he never would live long doing what he was doing. He was amazed he'd live that long. He'd he'd never live past such and such age. You know, concerning this first young man that we talked about, a friend of his that he grew up with said they one, one day they were sitting up in the loft, just boys. And all at once, he got serious and looked at him and said, you know, I'll never live past such and such age. As a boy. And sure enough, just months before that age, this hits him. And he dies. Now people look at that and go, isn't that strange coincidence? No coincidence. These are spiritual laws. When you believe something in your heart and you say it with your mouth, year after year after year, things are set in motion. Whether you think so or not, it's a fact. It is a spiritual fact. And I know that folks don't believe this because of the way they talk. Hmm? The world around us talks negative and talks death. So when you talk it, it doesn't even stand out. In fact, when you start talking faith, that stands out. People look at you and go, well, what are you, who do you think you are? People say stuff, my bad knee, my weak eye, Hmm? I can't eat that, my allergies, 
I can't be around that. I can't, I can't see that. I can't, I can't smell that. I can't, I can't, you know, oh man, if I just get one whiff of that, I break out in a rash. Oh man, if I just get around that, I just touch that. Snared with the words of your mouth. Do you believe this or not? Proverbs 18.21. I'm thinking about closing. (laughs) If we made adjustments in these areas, it'd be worth an extra few minutes. Wouldn't it? Think of all the time you save. Not sitting in the doctor's office. All the money you'd save. Not getting prescriptions filled and all that kind of stuff. Huh? Huh? The Bible said in Proverbs 8.21. Are you there? What does it say? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Whatever you love is whatever you talk. Whatever you're full of is whatever you talk. And whatever you talk is what you're going to eat. It's what you're going to wear. It's what you're going to have. It is the Bible. It is the truth. You don't have to turn there, but just listen to James. James says, James chapter 3 and verse 2, In many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to do what? To bridle or to control the whole body. People are hurting themselves. Undermining themselves. I've had preachers. If I heard them say it once, I must have heard them say it a hundred times. Oh man, I, I can just look at that and gain two pounds. Why would you say such a thing? Why? Oh, it, you know, I, I don't, what? You don't believe the Bible? You can just say anything you want. It doesn't matter. Do you want to have a good life? Do you want to see good days and many of them? What did the New Testament tell you to do? Watch your mouth. Watch your lips. Watch what comes out of here. Doesn't it? Watch it. Watch it. If you've been having trouble, you shouldn't say, my thyroid. It just, it doesn't work. You know, they, they did the test and that's my problem. You know, and I, my, my metabolism is so slow. I, I got one of the slowest metabolisms. I'm quoting a faith preacher that I've heard say that a dozen times. A wonderful person. But they've said this for years and years and years and they don't even notice it. If you had a problem, that's all the more reason. Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say, I'm strong. Romans 4.17 says, call those things that be not as though they were. I mean, you ought to talk to that thyroid and say, listen to me, thyroid. Work. Work perfect. Kidneys, I'm talking to you. You're my kidneys and I got authority over you and you got to listen to me. Kidneys, work. Work, work perfectly, function normally. I call my knee strong. I call my ear clear. I call my eyes strong. Come on now. 
Come on, I call my immune system strong. I mean, germs just strike like they're going to get in my body. And my immune system jumps up and slaps them down. And said, no, you don't. Not in this body, you don't. Now, see, you talk like that, people will think you're strange. They'll go, oh, who do they think they are? They're not no better than anybody else. The bad stuff happens to people like that, and everybody has all those kids. Yeah, and that's why you do. Listen to how the psalmist was talking. A thousand may fall at this side. Ten thousand over here. But it won't happen to me. It won't touch me. Well, who do you think you are? Somebody that ought to do what God tells them to do. I think I'm somebody that ought to say what God tells me to say. Do you want things to go well with you when they're not going well with other people? Do you want to make it through things that other people don't make it through? Come on, do you? Two huge keys we've got tonight. Number one, keep his words. Do what he tells you to do. And secondly, what else? Watch your words. Watch what's going on, what's coming out of your mouth. Listen, all you got to do is ask yourself this simple question, but you got to be diligent about it and consistent about it night and day. What if God cranked up the power on your mouth so that everything you said happened? That's how he operates. I said, that's how he operates, and we're his kids. What if God got mad and said something off the, you know, hmm? Well, it would happen instantly. He can't say, oh, (laughs) I didn't mean to say that. Oh, (laughs) too late. When he says light be, it is. When he says it, it happens. He's training us. We're to grow up and become like him. I don't know what he has planned for us in the future, but I assure you it involves this. He's teaching us about faith. He's teaching us about our words, about who we are in him. We're supposed to start operating that way right here and right now. Don't say, I can't do this and I can't stand that and my weak this and my bad this and this just doesn't work right. I remember this. This man, bless his heart, he came to healing school and, and he said, uh, he said, Brother Keith, I, I just wanted you to know the reason I'm here is because my tear ducts don't work right and my eyes get so dry and they just hurt me and we don't know why. I've been to the doctor and he's been to this one and, and, and they told me my tear ducts don't work right and I know they don't, but I just don't know why. And my tear ducts don't work right. They don't, Something's not right about them. They just... They don't work. They're supposed to flow and, and they don't work and my eyes get dry. But he must have said it 30 times. My tears. Looks, I said, how long you been saying that? He looked at me and said, what? I said, how long you been saying your tear ducts don't work right? He said, well, they don't, Brother Key. <laughs> I said, exactly. How long you been saying that? Well, he said, well, I started saying that because they didn't work right. I said, I know. How's it working for you? (laughs) They've been working any better? Because you've been saying they don't work. Well, no, they actually got worse. I said, exactly. 
I said, why don't you try something different? Do something different. Say, I call my tear ducts perfect. They flow perfectly. They work perfectly. They work right. Did the Lord tell us to do this or not? He said, if you'd say to this mountain, be removed. It'd happen if you believe it. Did he say these kind of things? Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Everybody stand up on your feet. Lift up your hands. Thank the Lord that you have the power of life and death in your mouth, in your tongue, that you can say it and it can change, it can affect. Oh, begin to say, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yes, sir, I'll do that. Yes. Yes, we need to do some things right now. Right now. And if you'll do it in faith, changes will be immediate. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody put your hands on your head. Everybody. Watching by internet. Everybody. Everybody. Put your hands on your head. Say it out loud. Brain. Brain. I call you normal. Every section, every, section. Every, part. every part, be perfect, be, perfect. be normal, be normal. Swelling. swelling, inflammation, inflammation. Go, down. go down, be normal, be, normal. be, perfect. be perfect, pressure, pressure. Be, relieved. be relieved, in Jesus' name, in Jesus name. Hallelujah. hallelujah, thank you Lord, thank you Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Put your hands on your eyes. Say it out loud. Pressure. Pressure. Behind the eyes. eyes. Be relieved. relieved. Nerves. Nerves. Be quickened. quickened. Eyes. Eyes. See. See. Eyes. Eyes. See See normally. See perfectly. I command you, see. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Put your fingers in your ears. Sit out loud. Ears, be healed. Ears, hear normally, correctly, perfectly. Ears, Hear. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Put your hands on your jaws. Say it out loud. Jaws. Jaws. Be placed perfectly. Be Be in place. place. Function normally. normally. Be aligned aligned. Correctly. correctly in Jesus' name. Inflammation, Inflammation. swelling, Swelling. infection, Infection. in the mouth, in the the jaws, in the throat. throat. Go away, away. leave, Leave. be gone, gone. in Jesus' name. name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Put your hands on your chest. And on your midsection, on your chest, on your stomach, 
Say it out loud. Every gland. Every gland. In my body. Work normally. normally. Produce. Produce. Exactly what you're supposed to. Exactly Exactly when you're supposed to. Operate normally. Operate perfectly. Glands. Organs. Be normal. Lungs. Kidneys. Liver. Stomach. Intestines. Heart. Be normal. Function normally. Be healed. Operate perfectly. Correctly. Normally. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Now believe it. Believe your words have effect. Put your hands on your back, on your lower back. Your lower back and your hips. Sit out loud. Back. Be healed. Pressure. Be relieved. Discs. Vertebra. Be aligned correctly. Nerves. Flow freely. And fully. In the name of the Master. Be healed, be normal, be right, work right, operate correctly, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah, say it out loud, my whole body, from the top of my head, to the soles of my feet, be cleansed. Purified from every infection, every disease, every evil thing, everything that ought not be in my body. I curse it. I command it to die in Jesus' name. Body, work normally. Be healthy. Be healed. Be normal. normal. Serve me well. well. All my days. days. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.